So, number six, start with verse 22. We'll read it straight through. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. Now, some of you from the New King James Version are like, no, it's lift up the countenance, you know. Okay, but we're going to go NIV here. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace so that, this is really important, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. All right, so we're in this series called Bless This Home. And uh, and certainly uh, the talk we're going to have today might feel like it's more towards the church, but certainly this blessing goes with you and in, even into your home. And my encouragement now is that you anchor into this blessing in your home and read it with your family in your home or put it up on your walls in your home that God would bless the home. We're going to unpack this so that you really understand this idea of blessing, what it means to be blessed. All right, so this blessing was given to Moses by God over 3,000 years ago. That's important, 1400 to 1200 BC, somewhere in that range. And in ancient times, that they would read this blessing twice a day, still read it today. A lot of churches still saying it at the end of a sermon today. We'll, we'll do it at the end of the service today as well. But uh, in Jewish culture, still doing it. Uh, it's still something that's carried out throughout all generations. This blessing is still being sung and, and written. And for some people I know, they think this was written by Elevation Church. Church, and they're now going, no, oh my God, this is a Bible verse. that They didn't write it. This has been in here for a long time. And uh, so anyways, but uh, the placement of this passage is what I want you to focus on today. I want you to understand the placement of this passage. It's really easy just to read the blessing and then disregard where it's placed in Scripture. And I think that's really important. So the placement of this passage is what is interesting. In fact, many scholars believe that it's actually out of place. Some believe it should be in Leviticus 9.22, that it was taken or misplaced somehow. And here's Leviticus 9.22. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And then we should fill in the gap of the blessing of what we know as the blessing. And so they think it's out of place in having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, fellowship offering. I agree with where it is. Uh, I think it's in its proper location. The Israelites were a set-apart holy nation. Now, remember this. They are a set-apart holy nation. This comes from Deuteronomy 7. It says, For you are people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Pause. The nation of Israel is a chosen, a chosen nation. They are chosen by God that God is going to reveal himself through them. That's a blessing. When God chooses you to do his work, that's a blessing. That's not a curse. Curse. Now, why aren't we getting more amens? I'm wondering. Right? Listen, is work a blessing or is work a curse? You say, well, listen, listen. From the very beginning before sin entered, God said what? Take care of my land. It's not a, it's not a curse. Now, he said you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. But I want you to understand, when he gave management to men, to humanity, it wasn't, it wasn't a curse. It was a blessing. It's an, I see it as a stewardship. God trusts you. That's a blessing. So this nation is operating in the context of the blessing that they are going to be used by God, for God, to reveal God to the world. That our God reigns, right? That God reigns. There's one God. There's not many. There's one. That stands above all. This is a blessed nation. Now this nation, I want you to understand this, in the context where this comes from, this is important to understand the backdrop. You got to follow me on this because this is really important when it comes to understanding this blessing that we sing and, and read about. So this nation is about to go into 
the promised land. They're going to go into wilderness. They haven't, they haven't been told that they're going to have 40 years of wandering. But they're leaving Mount Sinai. They're going from this place. They're on a journey. They're going towards the promised land, not knowing that they're about to enter 40 years of wilderness. And God says, I want you to read this blessing over them. I want you to read this blessing over them. Now, God knows. He's aware of what's going to happen. They don't know. They think they're going to the promised land soon, which they are soon enough. But there's going to be a 40-year gap. It's in this context that this 40-year blessing is spoken to them with that in your mind. So I want you to see this. If you're taking some notes, you can just write this on the side somewhere. This is a blessing for a journey. This is a blessing for a journey, just in context. I want you to see that. Now, let's look at the chapter 6. This priestly blessing that many people read as a priestly blessing follows the section on the vow to the Nazarite. If you actually go back and you read Numbers 5 and Numbers 6, you're going to find out a lot of rules and regulations being established. God begins to sit in front of his nation and he tells Moses, if you go read chapter 5, you'll see this line, a lot of the beginning, the headings of the chapters, you'll see, now go tell my people. Now Moses, go speak this to my people. Now Moses goes, begins to set up all kinds of rules and regulations with them, a lot of vows, a lot of promises, a lot of systems in order to reach him. And on the back side of that, at the end of chapter 6, this is where we find the blessing. So let's unpack the Nazarite vow. A Nazarite is a title for an Israelite who took a special vow before God. What they essentially did is say, God, I want to dedicate my full life to you. So here's what God does. God sets up a system for, his, for the Israelites. And he says, if you're a person who wants to set up a, a, a fully devoted life to me, I'm going to set up what's called a Nazarite vow. And you're going to have to abstain from drink, from, from alcohol, that is, from even, even being part of like the wine press and the grapes. And you're not going to be able to cut your hair. And uh, you're not going to be able to do these kinds of things. You can't touch dead bodies. You have to stay clean. And, and the Nazarite vow, most mainly, mainly was set up for typically somewhere around 30 days. And then sometimes beyond that, for some people, they took a Nazarite vow and they vowed this for their entire life. Now, this is what's also interesting. Parents could do this for their children without the, parent, without the child's approval. So a parent could say, I'm taking the Nazarite vow, not for me. No, 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 no. I, I'm good with drinking. But my son, you're never going to do it. How many of you guys were like, that sounds kind of cool. I'm going to do that to my kid. And so I just, I just thought, man, that'd be messed up if you're the, you didn't get the choice. And so you got long hair, you know, and can't do anything about it. So this is what parents would do for their children. And their whole life would be dedicated to this Nazarite vow. And they were never to break it because a vow before God was really important. You don't break promises with God. Once you have a covenant, a promise in place, you stand by it. You don't break it. We see this in the life of Samson, right? We see this long hair of his strength and his power. Or to be confused with a Nazarene, just so you know, Nazarene is different. Nazarene is more a geographical term where you're from. Uh, but this is not what we're talking about, just for context there so you don't get confused. Easy for us to think that people who are uh, specially separated people are the ones whom God wants to bless or will bless. And that is not true. But God says, he tells Moses to tell Aaron, I will bless all my people. I think it's very intentional. In other words, Israelites, sure, there's great things in setting up systems that you want to get closer to me. But I want you to know, I will bless you either way. Because I love to bless my people. I want you to understand this. Write this down. Key truth. God blesses because of who he is, not what we do. 
I hope today that anchors into your heart about the Lord, of knowing who God really is. God is a God who loves to bless. He, he waits for it. He longs for it. And this has nothing to do, per se, with uh, something that you do for him. Did you know that God blesses even people who reject him? You say, how? Son. The son is a blessing, in case you didn't know. If you don't believe me, well, then go live on a planet that doesn't. Okay, rain is a blessing. Amen? You may not like it all the time because it ruins your plans, but it is a blessing. Yes? Because if you didn't have rain, you wouldn't have crops. If you didn't have crops, you wouldn't have food. And then you'd have to eat whatever mechanically bioengineered food they have. Anyways, right? Okay, which some of you do anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I do that all the time. Anyways. All right, self-sufficiency. Okay, here we go. There's great value in special acts of consecration, but we can't think of God's blessing as something that is earned by those special acts. So that's what I want you to understand. God loves to bless his people, and God was going to bless the Israelites. Now, this is important, far more than they could ever imagine. I want to declare that and speak that and believe that over this church, this body. God wants to bless you, he will bless you, and his blessings are greater than you could ever imagine or dream of. That's true. And it has nothing to do with just, just what you do for him. What you do matters, and that certainly does uh, play with blessing, but that's not contingent to receive blessing. You might get more blessings and different blessings through obedience, but we'll unpack that later. All right. So, with that in mind, let's unpack the blessing. That's my teaching today. I hope that you understand this song and this lyric when we get it and we understand it more. All right, he's verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. And then it says, say to them. We're going to pause each way here. So let's pause. Say to them. The priests were to declare the blessing over the nation of Israel. All right, we see that. That's what the priests were supposed to do. Moses, Moses, Moses. And he says, all right, I've got something to say. But who's he speaking on behalf of? God. So it's God's words coming through the man. All right, I want you to understand that. The priest does not bless. God blesses. That's important. If you say, Pastor Ricky, would you come to my house and bless my home? I'm going to say, you bless your home. I, you know, I can repeat the blessing and I can say the blessing. I get that, but I want you to understand it's God that blesses. It's not, it's not my power. I don't have the power to bless. It's his blessing. Do you see that? That's in the text. The priest does not bless. God blesses. To think the priest would bless would mean that the priest gets the glory. To, to God be the glory. So God blesses. I want you to see that. All right. Verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are. Bless you. The Lord bless you. So God's telling them, I want you to tell them, I will bless them. The Lord bless you. Let's look at the word bless. The word bless here. All right. There's a lot of dictionaries we can unpack. We're going to just look at the one that this word in Hebrew is the word Barak, B-A-R-A-K, okay? It means to kneel, to praise, or to curse. A couple of different meanings. So it means it can mean to praise. Actually, it can mean to salute. It can also mean to curse. It can mean to kneel. So in English, we hear the word bless, and we normally think of special favor or gifts or more, and, and, you know, and we think of good things. How many of you would love to be blessed? You love, you're okay with blessing. How many of you, you'd love, you'd love to have this more specific because I didn't see every hand. You'd love to have a blessed bank account. Anybody want a blessed bank account? 
How about you want your children to be a blessing and not a curse? Anybody say, yeah, amen. I want my children. Okay, I want my home to be blessed. I want my home to be blessed. Okay, so see how naturally even people who aren't Christians be like, that sounds good. Blessings are good. Blessings. So we think of blessing and we think of more. We think of favor. We think of abundance. We think of success. We think of all these kinds of things. That's not in this text what it means and blessing. And I'll unpack that for you. I want you to see that. All right? This is not the meaning of the word in Hebrew we find here. To kneel, to praise, to curse. All right? It's a verb. Notice it's being a verb. To bless you. It's a verb. It's something in action. So in Hebrew, the word carried the idea of worshiping God by kneeling. So bending down at God. We see this actually in Genesis, I think it's 28, where there's this kneeling down, and it's the same Hebrew word, Barak. I want you to picture this, that what God is saying is, I want to bless you. I'm going to kneel down in relationship with you. I'm going to kneel down with you from heaven, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. Remember who he's talking to, a nation of people who said, I'm going to reveal myself through you. You are my chosen people, right? So I want you to remind them of this blessing that the Lord bless you. The Lord looks down upon you. The Lord kneels down to get in this relationship with you and his people. Now, if you're a nation traveling, leaving slavery, going into a promised land, that's exciting to know that the God of the universe is saying, I'm with you on this. And remind them that I am here to bless them and I will kneel in relationship with them. In other words, God's blessing meant God's presence is with his people. It would be like saying, tell my people I will be with them, which, by the way, is favorable. So you can still use the word favor and say, no, it means God's favor on his people. Well, last time I checked, having God on your side and God with you is favorable. Amen? That's, that's favorable. When God says, I'm going to show up and fight on your behalf, that's favorable. But it's bigger than just favor. It's bigger than just more. It's bigger than just more finances. It's saying, I am with you regardless of the circumstance around you. I will bless you. Tell them the Lord bless you. Does that make sense? It's it. So if there was a nation that was ever blessed, Israel was it. Israel would be removed. I want you to pause with that because I want you to consider the fact that uh, you would see somebody's uh, face lighting up. The light up, I want you to see this. The reason why they would make it shiny is imagine uh, these kind of shiny things would be symbolic for somebody's face lighting up. You ever, you ever heard, uh, here's, here's, now it's coming to my mind. Uh, what's the statement people say when they smile? Man, you brighten up my day. You light up my day. Have you seen her smile, man? She just brightens up the room. Anybody ever seen that? Talk about something that way before. You look at some people on our hospitality team, and they just brighten up the room. They just brighten up your day. This is the context in culture of what is being said or spoken in this moment. That the Lord's face will shine on you. It could refer to, of course, the signing of the, sun, if you, of the sun, if you want to think of it that way. But at any rate, the shining, the smiling face of God does not only convey God's pleasure, but also his blessing. When God's face shines on us, he pours his goodness and grace into our lives. It's a blessing. Is that me? It might be me. It's the first day. It's here we go. Lots of grace. 
But I want you to understand that that's a blessing. So in other words, he says, I want you to tell them that when I look at them, now this is going to change some of your hearts, seriously. I want you to think about this. And this is going to be a little awkward because I'm trying to smile like God and I can't smile like God. Uh, but, but I'm going to try, okay? I don't know. Um, but I want, you, I want you to do this. I'm serious. I want you to change the way you see God's face. For many people, they see God like this. I can't believe you did that. So disappointed in you. This strong, sturdy, mean God with the fire in his eyes and, you know, white, long hair coming out in anger, sword coming out of his mouth, mad, you know, this angry God. And no doubt, there's pictures and there's power in God. But I want you to see the face of Jesus for a second. And I want you to see him do this to you today. And I love you. Gosh, I'm so proud of you. Thanks for trusting me. Stare at a child and just smile. Have you ever stared at a child and smiled? Yeah, you just get that feeling. Can I tell you, that's the way God thinks. That's the way his heart, that's the way he sees you. And that's what his face looks like when he sees you. Stop seeing this angry God. God is saying, remind them that when I look at them, and I smile at them. so beautiful perfect just the way you are don't change anything about you it's just great I love you so proud of you that's blessing and when I smile upon them it's a sign of my approval and affirmation over them that they're good they're good not because of what they do because of who I am Man, it just changes it, right? It changes the heart. It changes the tone of it. So he says, I want to remind them that I smile upon them. I take pleasure. Look at this. We are blessed because God takes pleasure in us. Write that down. We are blessed because God takes pleasure in us. He takes pleasure in you. He loves you. That's what Paul said. I wish you knew how wide, how deep is the love of God. Gosh, if you could just understand how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, you would never question what he tells you to do again. That's a blessing, all right? In verse 25, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The word grace here, or gracious, means to show favor or consideration. I love Psalm 23 to help bring this to life. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Number four, we are blessed because God's goodness follows us. Show favor. And I'm just t- taking the word favor for a minute here, and I'm putting in the word goodness. It's not too much of a stretch because I thought, I want you to see this, the goodness of God and how good God is, that everything he does is good for you. So when we've been moving locations, we, we didn't ask to be moved. It just is something that occurred, but we believe that God was behind it. And I've been saying it over this location, and, and I believe it. It's not just speaking something that's not there. I think it is there because Scripture says it's there, that God works all things out for the good to those who love and are called according to his purpose. So I take that sword, I take that Scripture, and I anchor into it as true. That means that everything that God does is for the good, which means the move to this location is for the good. Who's good? My good? No. You're good. And my good. Our good. And the people's to come's good. The community's good. It's for good. 
You say, but it's hard, it's better, it's more set up, it's more tear down, all these things. Listen, it's for the good. On the Israelites and I will bless them. To be blessed by God is to have his name on you. Are you, do you carry currently, raise your hand if you carry Christ's name on you currently. We got a lot of salvations. Get the baptism tank ready because there's a lot coming today. I'm going to ask the question again. And maybe you didn't know it and that's why you need to hear this word today. Raise your hand if you carry Christ's name on you. Let me, some of you might be confused. When you give your life to Christ, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You no longer carry your name. You carry his name. You no longer have your old nasty spirit. You have his spirit filling inside of you. The Holy Spirit. This spirit lives in you and you have a new name. You're no longer in Adam. You're in Christ. You're no longer sinner, you're saint. You're no longer sin, you're righteous, you're holy, you're blameless. You carry a new name. Anybody blessed by that? That should make you feel real blessed. That's all the blessing you need to have a new name. It's amazing. Tell them they put on my name. Tell them to put my name on. That's a blessing. Tell them to wear my name and I will bless them. His nature lives inside of us. In each of these blessings, God says, I want you to notice, in each one of these things we read, to bless who? Somebody say it. To bless who? The Lord bless who? You? Me? Or you? The Lord (laughs) keep you, protect you, make his face shine upon you. Over and over and over again, the Lord is saying, I want to bless you. Now, is he talking to the Nazarite? No. He's saying, no, 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 no. This goes, the blessing that I'm ready to do goes way beyond anybody has special dedication and vows. I want to bless you. My hope for you today is that you would sit here today going, God wants to bless me. And he has blessed me. And I am blessed by God. Like, I am blessed beyond measure. And God is going to bless me throughout all generations far greater than I could ever imagine. Because of all the echo, I, I, like I hear Willie, like Bill, Billy Graham, like I hear the, the old school echo right now. It's just, I'm not comparing myself to Billy Graham. I'm just saying it's this echo that kind of goes on. It's just, anyways, <laughs> had a moment there. Thank you for your grace. Okay. So I read that I want to read this quote to you by Charles Spurgeon. It says, when God says, I will... When God says, I will, I will bless, I will, I will. God says, I will. All the devils in hell cannot turn aside the blessing. And all the ages of eternity cannot change the king's word. The Lord has blessed his people, and he would have them know it. He has blessed them with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 1.3. We read that earlier in the series last week. And it is, it is his wish that they should experience the fullness of the blessedness. Blessedness is the state of living in blessing. That is, I'm constantly in the state of blessing. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm in a state of blessedness. I want you to live in that state. I want our church to live in that state, that we are blessed by God, that he has great things and great plans for our hope and a future and all the things that God is going to do in our lives and already has done. We are blessed. And he wanted the nation to know of Israel that you are blessed. 
in so many ways, and, and it's so powerful. The blessing, ultimately, if you want to write this down, serves as a reminder of God's both presence and provision for his people. I just want you to know, anytime you hear the song or sing the lyric or read number 6, 22 through 27, or you anchor into that blessing, or you recite that blessing over your home, when you get with your kids, you want to bless your home, you gather them around and you remind them of this blessing that God's presence and provision is with us. This whole series is about blessing your home. So here's what I say. Well, if you want to bless your home, sit in the blessing. Sit in the blessing. Man, God's provision and presence is with us. No need to fear finances. No need to be concerned about this or that or job scenarios or health of our children or whatever it may be or how things are going to work out, where kids are going to land, how are they going to go. God, you watch over my children. You get the luxury, the blessing that God kneels down and says, hey, I'm here with you and I will protect them and my goodness will follow you all the days of your life. So then rest in the blessing, God's provision and protection over your home and your family. I want to invite the band up. We're going to sing a song in a minute called The Blessing. You gave said, okay, not mysterious there. Um, so remove the mystery. When we sing the song, The Blessing, you're like, oh, that was obvious. Yeah. But my hope, my heart, my heart for you changes in this because I want you to hear this, okay? Here's what makes the blessing so special and why we still say it and sing it to this day. In 1979, what is known as the Katal Hanan Silver Scrolls, just outside the city of Old City of Jerusalem, there was two tiny silver scrolls about the size of a cigarette found in a collapsed tomb and were carefully unrolled and analyzed. I don't know if you need to grab the table, if he needs to. If you want to grab this down. Phil, would you take this down for the band because I want to get out of their way. Um, so you could just take it down and take away my notes. I'm good. Just grab that whole thing. Thanks. You got it. Appreciate it. Um, so 1979, they find these silver scrolls. And uh, it is currently the oldest biblical text that we have to date. Biblical literature found uh, to date. And I think we have a picture of them. And it's, it's the blessing. This is real. They found it. 1979 discovered it. Biblical archaeologists, they dig it out. They find it the size of a cigarette. They unroll them and they discover number 6, 22 through 27. This is the oldest. I just don't think this is by mistake. I, I'm just so impressed by God. I, when I just, you know, was talking about this, thinking about this for you and for us, I was thinking, God, that's, I don't think that's a mistake at all. I don't think it's a mistake that God said, Moses, before they go into this promised land, before, before I do anything for them, before I reveal my son to them, before I do all of that, I want you to tell them this. I want you to tell them this. And I want you to see this picture that I kneel down with them. And I, and I want you to know, bless them. I kneel down with them. I'm with them. I want a relationship. This is a relationship. I'm, I'm committed. I'm in. And I will keep you. I will protect you. I will guard you. I will watch over you. Don't panic. Don't fear. I'm with you. I want you to know that my face shines on them. I, I take such pleasure in this relationship. And even when I know you kind of dwindle away, no different than a child who sometimes goes off a path for a period of time, or maybe he just has a bad day, or you put him in timeout, or whatever the case is in your home, and all that stuff. But, but even in the midst of all that, my heart is full when I look at you. 
I take such pleasure in you. And I want you to know I'm be gracious to them. I care for you. I'm compassionate. I love you. Gosh, how I want to provide and take care of these things. And man, I, I want you to know this. I turn my face to you. I'm going to take away your sin. I'm going to take away all the things that impede on this relationship. I'm going to pull that back. Oh, how I want to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I will bless you. Not because of what you do. That's great. I want you to do things. I want you to obey me. I want you to follow me. There's blessing and obedience. But ultimately, it's because of who I am and this relationship with you. And oh, how I love you this way. This is the blessing that I want you to tell them. And I want you to recite to them all the time. Like I said earlier, in Jewish culture, two times a day, they recite this. Recite this with your children. Recite this in your home. Ultimately, that God is saying, I'll be with you. And I don't think it's by mistake that this is the oldest text that we have today found of the Old Testament day. It still stands. It was with this nation of Israel 3,000 years ago. A nation saying this same lyric. And you are blessed because we still get to sing it today. That's a blessing. And not only do we get to sing it, we get to take hold of it. We get to hold that for ourselves. That this would not be just for a Jewish nation, just the nation of Israel, but ultimately it would go down to all people. And all who would come to faith in Christ and come to know God and in that relationship could receive this blessing that God would be with them. So I invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing this song with all that in mind. And I thought it's fitting for us in our first day here because the text says that we would sing this song throughout all generations forever and ever. So as we sing this song, I think we sing it and we speak it into the future of this place and the future of all that are to come in faith declaring God's blessing over this place throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen? Let's sing it. Let's sing with all we have.
go. Your weeping and rejoicing is for you, 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 is for you. truth of that song that you are for us can you just anchor in that today personally for your life over your scenario over your home he is for you Lord you are for us whether you're in middle school he is for you if you're a young person you're high school he's for you can I just tell you he's for you if you are in high school or maybe middle school in this season of your life can I just tell you God is for you there's no greater wisdom than you could seek than God's. God is for you. He is not against you. He is for you. Trust his plans. If you're in college age and uh, maybe that season of life or I know you like to be called younger professionals, so I'll honor you right now, young professionals. Uh, Wherever you are in that stage, can I just tell you God is for you? He is for you. Just set down what maybe mom or dad has taught you for just a minute. Hear hear these words, God is for you. Maybe you didn't believe mom or dad growing up. I want to encourage you now. God is for you. He's for you. Regardless of what you've heard or read or seen on Google or social media, God is for you. If you're a parent, you know, for us adults or people who have families, can I just tell you God is for you, remind you that God is for you. He is not against you. He is with you. His face shines towards you. He takes pleasure in you. He watches over you. Can you just be okay with this today? Can you just call yourself blessed? Just say it. Maybe you need to remind yourself. Speak this from your spirit to your soul. Let it engage the soul. I am blessed. I am blessed. 
not asking God for more blessing. I have all that I need, for Christ is in me. I am blessed, and he loves to bless. And so, God, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you in advance for your blessing. And if today the greatest thing you can do is place yourself in a relationship with him and say, God, I want to take you up on the blessing. The Lord bless you. That is, the Lord wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to bless you. And if today you want to give your life to him, you just tell him right where you are. Say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. And the next thing you do is you tell somebody. You stop by Brave Central on the way out, or you come down front with our prayer team. We'll be down front, and you tell them, say, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. We'll be right here. Guarding you in the back. Jesus broke the bread, and he gave thanks, and he lifted the bread up. He says, God, I give thanks to you. Lord, we give thanks for this home. We give thanks for this house. And we ask in the name of Christ to bless it, Jesus. Would you bless it? Would you put favor upon it? Would you let your face shine towards it, God? Would you take pleasure in the ministry that we do in this room? Would you take pleasure in it, God? God, would you, would you bless it with your presence, Father? Lord, we declare it over to yours. This is your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, we're here to serve and put you first in our life. And God, we ask you to guard it, to protect it. To be around us, Lord, we thank you for that. Remind us, Lord, we need to be reminded that you go before us, that you're with us. Let everything that you want to be done in this place be done in Jesus' name. Let every all that you have for us. Thank you, Father, for favor. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for engaging in relationship with us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We devote this time to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Amen.